You take an ancient dinosaur gut and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Welcome to Podzilla, King of the Casters. I'm your host, N.B. Nightingale. And I'm your other host, Brandon. Our producer, Jasper, is sulking in the corner because he's been a very naughty boy. A real bad boy. He's a dog. (laughs) And this week, we'll be talking about 1972's Godzilla vs. Gigan. But first, I'd like to issue a correction, uh, Brandon. So, on the last episode... Uh, Godzilla was fighting uh, a character we called Anguirus. That is very, very incorrect <laughs> from everything I looked at after we, uh, after we did the uh, the recording. Uh, so there, there's no, there is no definitive pronunciation of the character's name, but none of the options that people came up with were Anguirus. Uh, it is Anguirus, and that's important to establish because he plays a even more prominent role in this one than he did in Godzilla Raids again, I think. Uh, so it's good to get that correction out of the way. But uh, yeah, so let's uh, Godzilla versus Guy again. Let's get our initial thoughts out of the way. Okay, I can uh, I can start with that. I thought this was a pretty fun time. I would say I enjoyed this a little more than Raids Again, but not as much as Godzilla 1998. <laughs> and how about the original Godzilla? Okay, very different tones. It's really hard to compare those movies because they're completely separate genres at this point. Yeah, I... We should, at some point we should maybe on the Twitter get a a master list uh, ranking going of what our opinions on what the best to worst of the Godzilla films we watch are. That might be something to uh, maybe not yet. We don't have enough in the can yet, but uh, that's something we should look into doing. Uh, or a tier list. Yeah, yeah, but so. I thought this was a lot better than 98. I still like 98, but I do think this was better in that... It, this stops happening about halfway through the film, but the first half of the film feels like an actual movie <laughs> in that it's, it's 1970s and it feels of its time. It feels like I'm watching a Pacino film where he's like, uncovering a corporate conspiracy there's actual camera work going on uh but yeah once that gets to the actual fun godzilla stuff uh which is good in this uh versus uh what's in 98 it it drops the pretense that this is an actual movie (laughs) but yeah but yeah so i like this i wouldn't I have not really composed a tier list yet, uh, but but I like this one. Okay. Yeah, we've got slightly different things. I think I will definitely agree that this one has significantly more fun uh, monsters themselves than this, 
And I will say the human characters, you can feel that uh, this film came out like almost 20 years after Raids Again in terms of how interesting these characters are. Like we can get a bit into, I wrote down like what the first, like the main character, like what the first thing they're doing is and it's immediately compelling for this kind yeah, of movie. Yeah, they're getting... We can talk more about that uh, when we talk, get to talking about the story, but you know how this works at this point. We don't start with things like the actual movie. We start with what damn monster do. And we've got a lot of monsters here. We do. We have four distinct ones, uh, which this is the first time we're seeing Godzilla in color, so we might want to talk about that a bit. Uh, a significantly improved Angiris design, uh, while still very distinctly and clearly being him. Uh, and uh, we've got our first time seeing, like, we are obviously very uh, aware of King Ghidorah and his whole deal uh, from, you know, from seeing the modern Godzilla films and just cultural osmosis, but... Our first time seeing him in a Toho film, and we've got the character of Gigan, the titular Gigan, in fact. <laughs> that was a jab at Brandon, and his face is showing that it registered. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so uh, we actually we swapped around the schedule a bit, which you should have noticed something was off with the editing of what our next episode was in the last one. Uh, I tried making it subtle. (laughs) (laughs) But we did, uh, that we did swap around the schedule because originally this episode was going to be about Godzilla versus Megalon. But in research for that, we saw that a major player in that was Gigan, who neither of us had any clue what Gigan's deal was. So we thought it'd be better to do before we'll get around to Godzilla versus Megalon at some point, but uh, before we we really want to get an idea what Gigan was, and so the introduction movie for him seemed the better choice. But yeah, so let's uh, this is more your section than mine, Brandon. So uh, give me a little bit about the special effects and designs of those four monsters. Oh yeah, so. We have four monsters in this movie, which is the most, other than like, um, you know, the little baby Zillas from 98. Yeah, those in are terms of one design. Yeah, though. I'll say that. Yeah. In terms of the most unique types of monsters in a movie, yeah. there was more than four. There was... That brief montage at the beginning, yeah. Which, um, we can get into more of the bet. I have a bit of stuff about the behind the scenes of this movie. But they were sort of cutting some corners in the budget. That was archive footage, wasn't it, from other previous Godzilla films? I'm nearly certain we're going to see almost the exact same shots or the monsters when we watch the movie that we're watching next, is Which what I'll say. not yet reveal. Yes. So, what I'll say is um, the four monsters. So, you know, we have Godzilla, Angiris, Gigan... And King Ghidorah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start with um, our titular Godzilla. <laughs> so he. When works. are we gonna get to the titular versus? <laughs> <laughs> That's coming. So 
Godzilla looks good in this movie. I think he looks yeah. overall good. I think he looks a little... I think my favorite design of Godzilla from what I've seen, which is funny because I don't. I think I've only seen one of the movies, is like the the ni- like the around the eighties or nineties Godzilla design, but I, like the huge big old spikes and it's like more yeah. threatening presence. Once we get into Heizai, uh area, which we have not talked about the ages of Godzilla yet. Once we do one that is outside of the Showa era, I'll go a bit more into that. But uh, for now, we're kind of firmly in the Showa, so we are with uh occasional glimpses at the american films so we're gonna keep that conversation kick it down to a later date but okay so what i'm saying is godzilla does look more i think this is we can see it's that period of like godzilla loves the children kind of phase still around yeah this is godzilla is unequivocally a good guy in this one yes as well as his design is more friendly than what we see in yeah. our previous uh in the original godzilla and raids again yeah he he's a little more soft his eyes are definitively larger in this movie mm-hmm. and what's impressive is even blink we see some yeah. shots where he, he blinks like, they don't do it often because you know i bet every single one of those blinks cost more than it would to put a price on our head <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so godzilla looks good in this movie but he is you know he's a little toned down to be a little more kid friendly is what it looks like because this movie was made as a purpose of like uh matinees for for kids which is really funny when we get into how the rating of this movie oh and, and you oh god when we get into the yeah. violence so um so he looks good in this movie. He, this is the first movie we've seen in color, which is sort of jarring at first. And ever for we've only ever in our lives watched black and white up to this point. <laughs> Just in terms of seeing Godzilla himself, because he's like a darker green, and in the black and white movies, he definitively looks like just jet black. Yeah. So it's a big contrast. Um, overall, his design is pretty much the same. He's got the dorsal sp- spines. But you know, overall the cost the the suit is of a higher quality yeah. than what we've seen before. Now jumping over to um, his little brother who has to tag along for the fights. Angiris. <laughs> Angiris. Sorry, Angiris. So he's also a his design is pretty. You can tell it's the same monster yeah. from Raids again. He still is sort of loosely inspired by an Ankylosaurus. Yes, very loosely. <laughs> yes, and by he he's you know he's uh, he's on all fours and he's got a shell and he's got a tail. Like that's about where the similarities end. And there are some spikes on that shell. Yes, but me- way more than an Ankylosaurus. Yes, because I'll say that the costume design for Angiris is. Signi- and you notice this with all the monsters significantly better than when it was in Raids Again. Yeah. If we when we're watching Raids Again, you know, and got Angiris is supposed to have like a hard shell on his back, yeah. and that thing's shaking like the rest of the rubber in the suit. Yeah. So in this one, it's impressive that you know the monsters look significantly better. Where Angiris, as I was talking about Godzilla, the more rigid suits because Angiris has this hard shell. And it, like, doesn't shake, it doesn't move. It's, like, this hard object yeah. now. 
So that's cool, and that's nice. And overall, he does look very similar, so kind of has the the sort of bird-like head. Yeah. It's sort of thinned down. So that was nice to see, because it's a nice step up. It's good to see good to see our fella and Gyrus again. Mm-hmm. And we can get into... I want to talk about Ghidorah, because Gigan's going to be the last one, because he he's the big boy. He's the big baddie. Yeah. So King Ghidorah also looks good in this movie. He's... Hey. I loved... The way his head's moved, yeah, that was so dynamic, and you could you couldn't see the wires, which I'm assuming it was done with wires. Yes. Okay. He so King Ghidorah is a for those who haven't who have no idea what King Ghidorah is and haven't seen him, he is a what I can describe as a three headed snake waverin, and the reason I'm calling him a waverin is if I remember a waverin is sort of um. It means they don't have four legs. Is that how it's pronounced? I always thought it was wyvern. It, either one works. Oh, okay. I think maybe not. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I just said that with such authority, and I immediately had to backtrack. <laughs> <laughs> like you had me, co- you had me convinced I have been pronouncing this word wrong forever, and then you just completely <laughs> undercut yourself right there. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. But I do know what that word means is it is not like your stereotypical fantasy dragon where they have the four legs and they have basically six appendages. Four legs and two wings. King Ghidorah has two big stocky legs and wings. He doesn't have arms. So he has these three snake-like heads. It's kind of reminds me a bit like a traditional, like, Chinese dragon heads in a way. Like, they're very slim and like snake-like and he looks really good in this movie when he's moving but you notice there's a lot of shots where he doesn't where like when he's flying it looks pretty bad yeah oh god him and gigan when they're flying it's just very clearly a little action figure on a wire being uh pulled along yeah so i can talk a bit more about um yeah so he was taking you're right about how they move he took King Ghidorah's took twenty two wires to move properly, with like how the three heads are shaking and moving. Like a marionette kind of thing going on. Yeah, and we can More complex, but yes. Oh yeah, and we can get into, um, why this is King Ghidorah's last movie in the Toho era, because it it was he didn't show up again for nearly um I think I written here they retired him for eighteen years after this movie. Because he was too expensive. Because he's a super complex, like, you know, soup to do, use. Mm-hmm. So after this movie, they literally came out with a statement that was like, for now, King Ghidorah has to be retired because he's he takes too many people to operate and he's too expensive. Which sucks because King Ghidorah is super fun and cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Watching him just blast lightning around to, to just so much fire creating so much fire there is so much fire in this movie uh, brandon looked over to me while we were watching it and said i am like i am terrified for these actors <laughs> like we both we know that if it would have come up in our research if the actors had been significantly hurt during uh, during the filming of this uh, so we know they were fine but he was on pins and needles, just 
terrified that these actors were going to get hurt. There's there's a lot of fire all around them, and then also the suits are hot. Yeah, there's a solid ten minutes of the film where everything we're looking at is through smoke. Yeah, it gets crazy. So now we can get on to the last monster design, Gigan. Voted uh, by Empire Magazine as the number two most badass. Really, I'm yeah. guessing number one was uh, the crab monster. We'll be seeing lobster abira coming soon. Not our next episode, but soonish, at like two months for you guys. <laughs> but, yeah. So, really, number two. That's interesting. Yeah, because like I enjoy his design, but I do think King Ghidorah is better in terms of the design so what's interesting about gigan though is i wrote a big description of what he looks like so i would describe gigan as a mix between a dinosaur and an insect not at all gee wow we are very different on that one really because i think he has he has the bipedal nature of a godzilla-like body type and he's got the tail he's got the big stocky legs he's got this he looks like a, cy- a giant cyborg chicken to me. A robot chicken, if you will. <laughs> so I can get where the... I can see where you're coming from with the sort of... He has this beak. And the thing is, though, is that um, what made me feel like an insect is he has these giant side pinchers, too. Yeah. He has these giant side pinchers. He, you know, insects have lots of sharp things around them as they're designed. And he sort of has like, these insect-like wings. Like these weird... Um, As you called them, flesh sails. <laughs> They're fins. The word is fins, but... Yeah. So, yeah, guys... He looked over to me while we were watching and just says, Oh, fins is the word I'm looking for. I kept thinking of them and writing my notes as flesh sails. <laughs> <laughs> Just a momentary lapse of judgment. So he's got, um, I guess what also reminded him of me sort of a bug is he has a sharp, he has a sharp claw, single one, under each appendage. He has sort of these praying mantis looking like arm claws. So, and he has a single red cyclops eye that I did write was like that very robot like. Like there's clearly some robot inspirations there. Yeah, Yeah, he is a cyborg thingy which the lore of the character is very interesting but it's not that applicable to this one so i'm gonna save it until the future when we do godzilla versus megalon yeah so to finish um describing how he looks though so he's mostly green so he's kind of green and he has like a big red eye and he has what's interesting is he has forward facing spikes like i think that's where the kind of the chicken thing's coming from too he kind of looks like he has a bit of a rooster thing going on yeah. on the top of his head. And um, what I wrote was interesting. So he has, I'll finish describing him. He has four facing spikes down his back. He has a beak with pincher uh, sides. Fins down his back. Um, he has scales on his belly. And he has a chainsaw torso. Yes, right down the middle of him are what look when you see when you first see it like just a bunch of spy a line of spikes down it but then we start seeing it shake up and down 
and and we realize it's a friggin' chainsaw. It's the I think it's the single coolest thing about him. It is so cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's really cool. And I wrote in my notes here. Um, so Gigan, Gigan, and Ghidorah are both from space. Gigan looks a lot more like an alien creature than Ghidorah does. Yeah, Ghidorah just looks like a dragon. Yeah. But we could yeah, you could describe him as he's a three headed dragon. If they didn't if they said he came from Earth, like some ancient, you know, iceberg yeah. or something, would not be surprised at all. Yeah. Should we talk about Gigan's destruction on the city? And in particular one particular storefront that he kicked in you're talking about the probably what will be the worst special effect we'll see in any of these movies ironically in what is cinematography wise the best godzilla film we've seen it has the worst shot i have ever (laughs) seen in any movie (laughs) a special effects shot where when uh, Ghidorah and Gigan first show up uh, and start wreaking havoc, which we'll explain why later, uh, they uh, Gigan kicks a storefront in where we weren't sure if it was supposed to be some an empty storefront with some uh, with just some you know like uh, mannequins in there or if they were supposed to be people, but either way it was. A small room with two ugly Polly Pockets dolls just in there. Like, I am i don't think they were actually Polly Pockets brand, but imagine a Polly Pocket doll. It was exactly that in the store. It was... With the hands, like, stiffly up in the air and everything. It looked exact. It looked like... It was exactly like you know. There's a special disbelief for you know. There's little tanks rolling. You're like, oh, it's supposed to be big tanks. Come, even from that perspective, our suspension of disbelief was completely shattered in that moment. And I think I think it's because it was literally just dolls. So like, their heads were far too big for their body. Yeah. Give me a second here. I'm trying to yeah. find it. Again. For visual reference, which won't hope help you folks, uh, we're pulling that shot up right now, a little oh, before that. But yeah, there, there we go. There it is. Oh my goodness! It it. Okay, so they. Okay, so Brandon pulled the shot up for us so that we could comment on it, and they are definitely supposed to be mannequins because they're little metal rods coming down uh from them but oh my god they are i don't i don't know there's no mannequin that looks like that shot it is incredibly bad it's so funny it yeah it's the it's it made us laugh so hard it's the shot where it looks like he's literally just sticking his foot in a dollhouse yeah like, I was very confused about proportions for a second looking at the shot initially. Because I thought they, because they were so obviously dolls, I thought, oh, 
he's kicking it. He is kicking in like a little dollhouse, but then that wouldn't make sense because he's huge <laughs> and his whole foot, foot fit in there. But... So his whole foot fit in that little dollhouse. Yeah. So it is wow. It is. There's some really nice, fun things in this movie, and I would say that is the only shot where I'm like, this is so bad. It's it makes you laugh really hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, any other special effects stuff? So, um, I do have a few things about special effects related. And this was... Okay, maybe I'll save this for when we talk about the, the, the excessive blood. Oh, um, yeah. That'll be for later. There is seven minutes worth of stock footage in this movie. Wow. Really? Yeah. Huh. I... Well, I mean, I guess we haven't seen any of the in-color ones yet, so we wouldn't notice, but, uh... But yeah, that's. I know that the Godzilla films, as they went on, started relying more and more on stock footage. I mean, even Raids Again, we talked extensively about the sequence that was just them sitting down and watching five minutes of the original Godzilla. Best of hits. <laughs> yes, so I will say, um, really special effects. This was. Haro Nakajima's, his last... I talked about this in the first episode. This was his last appearance as Godzilla. He went out on a bang. He's still moving around pretty good. Yeah. Like, good for him. Um, yeah, he was still fully believable. And, a, and a, you know, you don't see an actor. You see, yeah, it's Godzilla. <laughs> like, and that's nice. Where, I just bring it up in the... Back to the monster little montage. The stock footage montage. Yeah. You see giant spiders, slugs, giant insects, Rodan, like, yeah. all of these shots that we are definitely going to see in other movies. Yeah. So it was crazy. Um, this is Especially all... since Rodan's uh, suit in particular was not up to the quality of all the other suits in it. Like, yeah. it looked like a guy dressing up for Halloween as Rodan. And I think that's one of the most obvious ways that it's stock footage is the fact that that's definitely from a decade ago, the first from the first couple of times. I I wrote down. I remember now. Do you remember the best miniature shot in the whole movie with the laser? Uh oh no, which one? It was a shot where they're shooting the the they're like the shoot. I guess it's the Earth defense. Oh, oh when they're shot yeah. when they're shot. When the laser is being shot out and it's just chopping the trees in half. It's such an impressive practical effect. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, um, how they did laser beams in these movies are, you know, they draw it on top of the footage. Yeah. So, you know, usually you'll see something where, oh, King Ghidorah shoots Godzilla with like an electric bolt. And, you know, he, his suit's not going to shake or anything. Like he goes like, ah, and he like jumps back. Yeah. But this is one of the few times that we've seen in these movies where there's this drawn on like lightning, like, you know, laser bolt that is, you see it go across the screen from left to right. And it's trying to shoot at, I think it was a uh, guy, but there's trees in front of him. And it's so freaking cool that while the laser is shooting and it's making its way through the line of trees, these are real like miniature trees. They are being cut in half as it's going down. It was an incredibly cool shot. It really was, yeah. Like, it took me a second to realize what was going on. I was like, 
holy shit, they're actually cutting these down. It was a great shot. Um, I think it's, on a technical level, one of the most impressive shots in the movie. Relating to, like, an effect shot, not the moving King Ghidorah's heads thing. Yeah. So, uh, any more cool uh, special effects stuff you want to talk about? So, um, I'm gonna check here if there's anything else I got. One of... Yeah, so other than, um... Yeah, that's about it. I want to go... I do have some notes about, um, the ratings and stuff. But we can get into that after the plot. Yeah. So, with that, we're gonna go on break. Uh, and... We'll have something really special for you to listen to, uh, on that break. Oh, yeah. So, check it out. And we'll see you in a little bit. All right, fish your hand over your lunch money. Penelope? It's Nell. Okay, Nell. Do you watch Fox Kids? Yes. No. You don't watch Spider-Man, Power Rangers, or Woody Woodpecker? No. At the very least, you should watch Godzilla. Why? No reason. Fox Kids, Saturday mornings, weekday afternoons on Fox 5. You know, I think that more uh, advertising needs to incorporate a beloved character eating children. Uh, so I was very happy that you put that in the break there. <laughs> that is a... That could be a teaser for what may come in the future. Who knows? We're planting <laughs> seeds. Yeah, so we're going to go on to talking a bit about the story. Uh, so I've talked a bit about how uh, director Jean Fukada uh, really directed the crap out of at least the first half of this movie. It was There were some really interesting shots and stuff, and the characters are really well established really quickly. Uh, uh, we are introduced to the main character, dude. Uh, wait, wait. Um, before we get into that, we gotta realize that for each of these movies, we sort of make a note about when Godzilla first shows up in the movie. It's the first shot of this movie. <laughs> before the credits roll, we get Godzilla kind of dancing around. And before he fires his atomic breath directly at the camera. It's it's great. And then there has a, a really cool credit sequence. Yeah, like going around what we'll later learn is the evil scientists slash cockroaches. Uh, you mean the aliens? Alien cockroach. He's not going to let me live this down. Yeah, the, the aliens. I was wrong and he was right. So, from, like, scene two in this yeah. film, Brandon called that they were aliens. And I said, no, they're just controlling the aliens of Gigan and Ghidorah. And I was adamant about that, too, <laughs> until they straight up said right to the camera, we are aliens. <laughs> and pulled out laser blasters. And it turned out to be giant cockroaches. Yes. So, um, the first thing, though, with the artist... I wrote down, the the main character is a ma- is a monster manga artist. Yeah, and he's, like, he's trying to get people to to get into his two, uh, his two kaijus he's trying to make happen, uh, which are Shukra, who is a, uh, 
the embodiment of homework and Mamagon, who is the embodiment of strict mothers. Yes, I thought... Well, the thing is, the first thing you see, though, is he's struggling to come up with what the monster would look like. Yeah. And what I was like, if this was a, you know, a traditional movie, I was nearly certain that he was going to draw Gigan at the end. Yeah. Like, that was what it, I was like, oh, shit, are we, like, establishing something that's going to pay off later? Yeah, that stuff doesn't matter after, like, the halfway point of this film. No. None of the character stuff is that was set up mattered uh he's got a, a girlfriend i think who uh who knows karate and is a black belt and that comes up uh later when she's kicking the ass of the aliens uh and yeah so to sum up the human plot of this film briefly a manga artist uh, keeps failing until he gets a job for a theme park uh being set up uh for the children uh they're very adamant that it is for the children and for absolute peace yeah and uh but then a uh a hippie and the sister of a worker there who's gone missing approach him uh when he gets entangled with her stealing a tape and that they play the tape and it summons Godzilla and Angiris to let them know something's up. I'm not sure why it does, since they were the aliens made the tape, and the it, it doesn't make sense. But we're we're gonna breeze past that. Uh, but then when that's played, the aliens know, so they're like, "Oh shit! Guess we gotta play our tape," which calls in. Uh, King Ghidorah and Gigan who are going to destroy all of humanity so the cockroaches can take over because in an, a very on the nose about the message of the film uh, environmental montage they talk about how they destroyed their planet uh, while showing exclusively shots from our planet because it's not like there aren't giant cockroaches driving those cars uh, in, polluting the environment it's just very on the nose but the messaging does not play a part after that uh the theme just goes out the door to be about yo can human can earth kaiju beat alien kaiju we'll see but but yeah so they uh defeat the uh they uh the aliens call these uh kaiju in the humans, uh, the humans uh, blow up the aliens' tower, and then Ghidorah and Gigan brawl it out with uh, with Angiris and Godzilla. Yes. Godzilla and Angiris win after spending a solid, at least thirty minutes of the film just watching godzilla get the shit kicked out of him <laughs> just not making any headway at all and angiris isn't really helping because he's he's not a very useful a useful sidekick to have like i said he's we were talking about this he's the he's like your significantly younger brother that you just gotta bring along <laughs> like like he he does a few you know he he does his little his really awesome move where he jumps 
like he jumps backwards and he hits you with his like spiky shell and that was cool but like godzilla had to hold king Ghidorah down to do it (laughs) so like okay so i want to talk a bit about the blowing up of the the tower the aliens tower which is shaped like godzilla yeah we did a little side thing um we both agreed it was really cool that the godzilla tower purposely kind of looked shitty yeah so they show first time we see what it would look like we it's it looks really nice and it's revealed that it's in a miniature in an office building for the company that's secretly run by aliens that is uh creating the amusement park and then when you see what is still a miniature but i think it's like a human-sized miniature uh but is supposed to be the full-size giant tower it looks kind of shitty and that's very purposeful and i like that yeah and the cool thing is that eventually that godzilla tower shoots a beam out of its mouth oh yeah it is <laughs> it it plays into the final fight that's why it needs to get blown up but talking about the blow up they they just with go to the unguarded base of the tower and the military and our protagonists put a bunch of crates marked TNT in and then put up a full-sized sketched painting of the four protagonists that so in like the course of half an hour while the battle's going on they escape go to the military get the tnt to do this plan and at some point they had to pause to get a portrait done (laughs) that they could put up so that when the bad guys open the elevator they see like a cheeky little high thing that before it blows up killing them (laughs) i mean that's that's some wasted time right there points for style though (laughs) (laughs) gotta give it to them um so yeah, that that's the overall plot of the movie. So it's a pretty simple plot. I w- I would say I enjoyed it a good amount more than Raids Again, due to the characters and everything. Yeah. We did bring up that we had an interesting little talk about when the hippie first shows up. We were like, are th- were there hippies in Japan? Yeah, we don't know enough about Japanese culture because we're not fucking weebs. Um, uh, <laughs> I, right. Um, I do know it up japan did have hippies like that sort of movement did inspire people but originally we thought he was in a marabou (laughs) yeah so we it start sparked a conversation of like since we have like weeaboos uh are there japanese amaraboos who are just like john wayne and baseball (laughs) like when you're Japanese and you go to college, is your freshman year roommate some guy who dresses exclusively in shirts with the American flag on it and tries to force you to watch Columbo? Or <laughs> no, he forces you to watch John Wayne subtitled. <laughs> Subs not dubs. You don't understand John Wayne's performance <laughs> through, through Japanese sub- the Japanese translation. It's gotta be an American. Or English. So something I want to talk about that's a story aspect of this is the fact that Godzilla talks. 
So Godzilla and Anguirus can talk to each other, apparently, in this one. Which is portrayed twice in the film. Three times we see them having conversations. Twice we get to be privy to what they're saying. And it's done by... What would, for a Japanese audience, be speech bubbles with a with what they're saying in them popping on screen as they screech at each other uh for us uh it was just you know subtitles superimposed over those speech bubbles clearly very cartoony there was like a whoop like a a sound effect when the cart when the bubbles came up it was so ridiculous (laughs) but it did raise a question for us because it took away any ambiguity that these are sentient beings. <laughs> there is no there's no doubt about it now. So they live on a monster island, a sovereign nation, which apparently we find out in passing is regulated and controlled by the Japanese government. So, is Godzilla living in an apartheid state? <laughs> and when he tries to warn his oppressors, he gets yeah. And Gears tries to like early in the film after they get summoned, and Gears goes to swims to Japan to be like, "Hey guys, something's going on," and the Japanese military just shoots him until he kind of fucks off. <laughs> Yeah, it's clearly it's such a weird thing where it's the first time in any of these movies we've seen where it's like you're you're feeling specifically bad the monsters getting shot at because yeah. in raids again in the original one no shoot yeah. the big baddie yeah but in this one you're like you feel bad for Angiris in- in- he's like he's trying to help him out and they're shooting at him okay so are we, are we gonna talk about the blood now yeah it's. The blood's the last thing on my list at this point. This movie is so bloody. Oh my god, yes it is. <laughs> so I can get into, um, this is the only Showa-era film for Godzilla that has been rated TV-14 due to language and violence, but I didn't notice any swears. But yeah. there's lots of violence. There is so much violence. So... so a uh, guy again when he first arrives kills nine uh humans uh in air in fighter jets but but you know we fighter jet deaths happen all the time it's not that it's not really that vi- i mean it's violent but it's not graphic because you know we just see a fighter jet explode we don't even see the humans at any point that are inside of it yeah but then oh, guy again cuts into Godzilla and Anguirus a couple of times and just fountains of blood spurt out of them. Yeah. In, so it's, um, yeah, Gigan, I'm pretty sure it was his chainsaw belly when yeah. he flew right above Godzilla. Yeah. And he hits, he cuts him right along the shoulder. Yeah. Like where the neck and the shoulder meet. And like he must have hit a vein or something because it is graphic it's not like a little bit of blood like drips down it like spurts out of him and the same thing happens when he uh when he uh is like wrestling with Angiris 
and he's got Angiris' head below him, and he just lowers his chainsaw belly right onto his face, which yeah, we don't see that mark on Angiris' face later, but okay. <laughs> but it's it's brutal, and it sort of it leads to a certain thing where if you had to describe Gigan in a single word, sharp. Like, yeah. and it's something you didn't oh, realize. Oh, because he also, like, he just, he's got his, like, spike hand, and at one point he's just, like, it looks like it hurts. He's just fucking... Stabbing Godzilla in the head. Yeah. Like There's a, not much blood in that one, but it's, like, it's, it's like, looking... We see the blood running down his Godzilla's face later, but yeah. yeah. This is the first um, movie where Godzilla bleeds. Like, we yeah. see him bleed. So it's, um... He definitely... Gigan is established as a threat in this movie more than Ghidorah is. Yeah, yeah which Ghidorah ends up being the climactic fight still, but Gigan is where most of the uh most of Godzilla's uh Ass-whooping. is coming from. And then Godzilla eventually through pure gumption gets the upper hand and starts punching Gigan in the face. Gigan tries to fly away in fear. And Godzilla keeps blasting him till he lands on apartment complexes. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, then we get that awesome finishing move that they liked so much they played it three times in a row for us, in which Godzilla wrestles King Ghidorah until he's bent his neck back. Yeah, holding, like, you know, uh, bear-hugging all three of his heads. Yeah, yeah and then keeps fucking... Grabbing him by the necks and whipping him down on the ground. Like, body slams him, basically. Yeah. Like, freaking, like, picks him all the way up and slams him back onto the ground. And it's a super cool moment. And it's a little ruined by it playing three times. But it's not even different angles. Like, it's the same shot three times yeah. in a row. Because it's not something where, you know, in action movies, when there's this big explosion, it's like, you know, it rapidly cuts between different camera angles of that action. Yeah. It is slow cuts of the same action and i just want to talk a little bit about i do enjoy this movie but i do think some of the fight editing is kind of weird oh yeah there'll be like there are no connective shots really like we'll have shots of one of of characters getting completely bodied and tackled to the ground then we'll never get like a shot of them starting to rise back up or anything they're just up again yeah, they're just up, and it's sort of a few times I was like, I'm not as into this now because I'm not quite familiar with what's happening. Yeah, it was hard to track what's happening at points just because yeah. of that confusing fight editing. So anyways, um, the the blood, though, so the violent, violent nature of this. So um, I have a note here that it's the first film with where Godzilla bleeds, and do you know why there was way more blood in this movie? Why? So, even though this was marketed as a kid's matinee movie that they've seen in the theater, that played into it. Children wrote them fan mail requesting why Godzilla did not bleed when he got hit. And they put it in. (laughs) They said, alright, kiddies, here you go. Some psycho fucking kid who, like sat in the would sit in the back of the room like sketching violent images in a notebook no carbon with the desk be accurate <laughs> texted that texted that texted toho circa 1971 <laughs> sent him carrier pigeon sent him an email yeah let's do a little more back 
Send them a Snapchat. <laughs> oh god. Some dis- some weird disturbed kid was just like, "Hey, I I think they should bleed a lot." And that kid's name was Quentin Tarantino. But <laughs> He sent them a MySpace message. <laughs> Could you imagine? I bet kids in like 20 years will think like, eh, that's about the same MySpace, 1970s. <laughs> They're about as far back. Because right now we don't even distinguish like, you know, the 1830s and the 1860s too much. So like, <laughs> give it time. It'll happen. But, uh, but yeah, so the kids were like, I want to see, I want to see the violence. And, to- and Toho was like, alrighty. <laughs> So, I want to, uh, if you're good, move on to a new segment. Oh, yes. So, we have been talking about this segment, and it's a segment called Let's Make It Gritty, in which we take some of the patently ridiculous stuff from the Toho films that has not yet made it to, uh, made it to the, uh, the American MonsterVerse. Uh, Godzilla films and we want to both pitch how we think those things should be introduced so this time around neither Angiris nor Gigan have made it to the monster films yet so we're going to talk about how we think those those should or would be done do you want to go first or do you want me to I'll have you go first okay so I'll start with my Angiris pitch which Angiris is kind of a a low-level kaiju, good friend for Godzilla. I think he'd get nothing more than a cameo. I think it's like a... It's an establishing kind of thing where... Milford Roberta Brown, uh, her her, uh, her characters in the Godzilla film, she'll be like going down to the hollow earth. And the first time she gets to see it, she's looking around in wonder. And we see Angiris just plodding by. And that's like the the shot where she's like getting the... The... They do move in herds moment from Jurassic Park. Watching our giant spiky boy just walk by. I think that would be how they would incorporate uh, Angiris into the MonsterVerse. Just... Because he's not exciting enough for what they've set up, really. And do you want to give your Angiris now? Um, I'd wrote down about the same thing. Where I think it'd be in the Hollow Earth where there'd be something where he, he appears as like a small role, if anything. Where maybe like, oh, I'm... Here's the thing. I'm assuming the MonsterVerse will continue. Because Godzilla yeah, vs. Kong so like, did well. It looked like Godzilla vs. Kong would be the last when when it was coming off a of King of the Monsters, which was a huge flop. But uh, Godzilla vs. Kong did well enough that I kind of assume... Like you, I kind of assume there will probably be future moves. Because it, it... I did better than King of the Monsters during a pandemic. <laughs> like, yeah. that has to make them think they has to keep it going. But, um... What I think when they set up, this is this is spoilers for uh, Godzilla versus Kong, by the way. Yeah. Um, they set up the Hollow Earth, which is you know it's this little like kind of monster planet in a way within the Earth, like the core of the Earth, 
it's it's wacky and silly and i love it um i am shocked they don't have like a big climactic fight in there yet yeah. i have a feeling i would say in in uh Anguirus could be like in a you know godzilla's king of the monsters yeah. godzilla and insert any other monster he fights go down there and they're duking it out and then godzilla calls for backup because he's like hurt or maybe Angiris helps him out because Godzilla's like hurt and bleeding. And then Angiris like jumps in, does his little like shell attack. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, that's his big thing. And then maybe he's immediately killed or something, but yeah. he helps. Okay. That's what I'm guessing he could be introduced with. All right. Now, Gigan, I think, has to be the focus of a film. Oh, he yeah. has to be the, the monster to beat for godzilla so i think here's my uh, other pitch in which milford roberta brown uh <laughs> is uh she's gonna be uh in college now she's like old enough that the next one could be in college and she's gonna be like her dad's gonna be mad because he's like i wanted you to study whales like me and she'll be like, no, dad, I'm an astrophysicist. And then... I'm shocked you remember what they did. <laughs> I, I I know he studied whales, because... No, wait, he studied wolves. Oh, yeah. His wife studied whales. Okay, that shows how I don't remember either, because I thought you knew it was, right? <laughs> Just like earlier, like, I su- yeah, you got it. He studied whales. The yeah. humans don't matter in the American films. Uh, But yeah, so... <laughs> So she's like getting this internship to with uh because she's high pretty high level uh with let's say uh, a government agency when a large large meteorite crashes into the let's say where's a place that they could just destroy and no one would and wouldn't caused the box office of the film to be demolished let's say australia <laughs> wipes out australia and they're just and she's there to research and this giant orb uh, of a meteor is there and it it cracks open and out pops guy Gan, and he's the villain of the film uh, that's that's my pitch for how they'd use him. Yeah, yours is more fleshed out than I than mine. I think um, it could be a situation where I also think he has to be focus of a film. He's too big and too complex of a design to be like, oh, he's just there. Like yeah. <laughs> you can't. Rodan's easy. You can just throw Rodan as in as a supporting kaiju, but he's the star scream of the monster verse. Yeah. You can sprinkle him in. He improves everything. Yeah, but Gigan, you need to dedicate time to. I think, I wrote down that, I think that it could be, I don't want to use the crazed conspiracy theory, because I think that's overdone. It's even used in Converse Godzilla. I was thinking it could be maybe a terrorist organization, or the government unwittingly. Area 51, they make contact from space. They're sending out a message, and they hear something back. And they're thinking, oh, like, this is great, and... You know, it's a huge national thing. We've made contact, everything. Because the MonsterVerse so far hasn't gone to space at all. Yeah. It's just, oh, uh, King Ghidorah was frozen in the ice. Like, 
I think this could be the first movie where no no we see him come in and I have this one shot where he's flying he's coming in he's flying in maybe it's on a meteor or something he's flying in and he just smashes the space station on the way down jeez that's good yeah yeah, like just to show that well that'd be bad but that is good for the (laughs) film no you heard it here here folks Nolan goes space was not meant to be conquered (laughs) <laughs> that's god's place that's, <laughs> i knew it i knew you were gonna bring that up <laughs> we have this running um it'd be too much god yeah. it'd be too much but, but all- space <laughs> is for god and god alone <laughs> but yeah that's why guys that um, neil armstrong is a heretic <laughs> is that guy gan gets sent we think he comes and we're thinking it's a peaceful thing transmission but actually it's guy again coming to earth to like steal our resources or something and like that's the introduction where godzilla has to defend the planet but we think it's peaceful at first you're saying yes so you're saying it will follow the plot of the tim burton classic mars attacks (laughs) yes (laughs) You knew I was going Mars Attacks and not Independence Day. I could see it on your face. But... I knew it. But yeah, that's what I have. Where it could be fun. Where in the maybe, you know, Godzilla's stirring up and, run, and like being unsettled like he was in Godzilla versus Kong. And people are like, what's going on? What, what's, up, what's wrong with him? Godzilla's out there and he's hurting people and we don't know why. Exactly. Where, because he's getting antsy because they know he's. Maybe he destroys, like, the radio signal or something. Maybe he destroys Elon Musk. <laughs> He's just like, don't go to space. And Elon Musk's like, no, my electric cars. <laughs> I'm sure that would be his final words. <laughs> but yes, um, that's what I have. It's a very simple thing, but I think it'd be fun. All right. So, with that... I've got one email question for us, and then we can wrap this up. All right. Dahlia Hamilton again asks, what producer Jasper's favorite color is? Uh, so I have a theory on this, but you you own Jasper, who is a dog. <laughs> I own him. <laughs> so you might have more insight, but uh, my theory is that it's got to be brown. Because that's the color of bark. I did hate saying that joke. But I will stick to it. You hate me right now. I can (laughs) see it in your eyes for that joke. But. Alright. What do you think producer Jasper's favorite color is? He's refusing to answer folks. This has been got Podzilla King of the Cast. His favorite color His favorite color is he loves orange. Because his fox is orange red and he loves that color to chew on. That's the answer, folks, and it's not a pun. <laughs> this has been Podzilla King of the Casters. Uh thank you for joining us as always. Next time, we will be covering a film that I'm very excited for, but Brandon's pretty sure it's going to be the worst thing we've ever seen. <laughs> okay, here's the thing, folks. Um, when we were going into Godzilla 1998, I was like, 
okay, this is going to be really bad. And we ended up having a fun amount of enjoyment out of it. I am fairly confident that this next episode is going to be our first one that we genuinely dislike. (laughs) Son of Godzilla. Next time, baby!